Welcome everyone to the Progressive Podcast, the podcast that will help you progress your health and fitness goals, enabling you to enjoy life more by having a healthier and more active lifestyle. I'm your host, Luke Lamont, and I'm sat today with my guest, Aaron Williams. And on today's episode, we're gonna talk about how Aaron, Aaron stepped up with his new clients and what you can learn from it. So Aaron, how are we doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Tommy. Cool, so today it's gonna to be all about how Aaron goes about the first 12-ish weeks with his new clients and hopefully you can take away some points uh, and implement them into your own training. So first off then, Aaron, um, just explain exactly what sort of clients or individuals you work with, just so we can add some context to some of the answers. Um, so, it varies. Um, I'm not like, I wouldn't turn someone away if they didn't quite fit the exact goal. Um, so if someone came for weight loss, I wouldn't say no. I only work with okay. um, people that are focused on performance. Um, so there is gonna be times where the first, the first like few sessions are probably gonna be the same, but then ongoing it changes a little bit depending on goal. Yeah. Um, so, but my main, the main people that I tend to train now are looking at performance and getting fitter, getting stronger, um, and then moving on to like the more complicated things like the Olympic lifts. Okay, cool. Uh, so, when someone comes to you, let's say they your perfect client, if you like, uh, you won't mind me saying that weight loss clients aren't your perfect client, you want to work more towards movement and performance. Yeah. So what would be the first sort of thing you'd do with them? Um, so like the first point of contact really would be a consultation yep. coming in. Um, that consists of just getting to know them, getting to know their current habits, goals, um, and then a movement assessment as well, okay. as part of the consultation. The movement assessment will, <coughs> will consist of three main things really. Can they squat, can they hip hinge, and can they press a bar overhead without it being in front of them excessively? Yeah. Um, they're the three main things I look for. If we're then looking a little bit more in detail um, and they're coming, like they want to learn Olympic lifting, for example, it'll be then like, what's their overhead mobility like in a squat? Yeah. Can they overhead squat? Um, and then that just gives me a base of where to start with them. Um, what mobility we need to work on and what we can do in the first few, in the first few weeks yeah. um, without pushing it too far, without um, getting them to do something that they're probably not gonna be able to do if they haven't got great overhead mobility, yeah. there's no point going, right, we're gonna learn snatch this week. Yeah. Because they can't, they can't get into that overhead yeah. um, position anyway. Okay, cool. Um, what, you said something there, made me think, you said a couple of things that made me think of two questions, but they've gone. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of that first session then, what exactly is incorporated? So you've moved on from the consultation, you've done your movement assessment, you've assessed the three sort of movements, the squat, the hinge, and the press. What then is that first session almost consistent of? 
So the first session tends to be just moving on from the movement assessment. We're still assessing how they move, but now it's under a little bit of load. Okay. Um, so if they can't squat, then we're gonna come up with ways that we're gonna be able to help them, that person squat. Um, and same if they can't hip hinge, we're gonna bring in exercises that are gonna make it easier for them to get to understand what the hip hinge is. Do you have any examples? Squats and hinges, what you'll do if they can't? Um, so if someone can't squat, in the in the movement assessment for one, I'll get them sitting, uh, just standing and sitting onto a chair. Okay. Technically a squat. Yeah. Um, and then the first session, moving on from that, I'll then go, go onto the TRX, get warmed up on the TRX, um, go through a few TRX squats, obviously, because you're leaning back, you weight through your heels, you're gonna be able to come down, you're still leaning back, your torso stays upright, um, so the knees won't pass, knees won't pass the toes, so it's easier to get into that deep squat. Um, and then we'll go on to things like box squats, so using the boxes, similar to the chair. Yeah. Uh, sitting up, and then standing up from there but then it'll be a little bit more active, so we won't just be thinking about, right, I'm gonna sit down, it will be more, right, we're thinking about squatting down, yep. touching it, and then coming back up out of it. Um, for hip hinge, what I like to do for people is get a bar on the back. Um, so this is only like a pump bar from the studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, the weight like two kilos, just for reference. <laughs> yeah, so that there's no weight to, um, it's not like we're shoving a 20 kilo bar, bar yeah. on someone's back. Um, but all it is is just to keep the back straight, so they focus on keeping the head, um, upper back and lower back all in contact with the bar, and then they've got to bend over to do the hip hinge. Yeah. Um, and once they understand that, then we can start moving on to a little bit more complex movements. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then what sort of things, time frames, you know, for someone who can't squat and can't hip hinge, on average, how long does it normally take them to be able to, if you like, and then move on to the, not more complex things, but the more like a goblet squat and stuff like that, and being able to do a weighted squat and a weighted hinge movement. Um, I'd say within the first month, people yeah. tend to get it on average. Yeah. Um, but obviously it, it'll be different from person to person. Someone yeah. might click straight away. Someone might take like six, seven weeks to be able to do it. Um, but yeah, it tends to be in the first month that we tend to be uh, moving on to like the plate squats, the goblet squats, um, and being able to perform these at safe, um, safe ranges of motion, really. Um, so that they're, they're not just half repping these. Yeah. They are actually getting to that full depth, which is hips, uh, hip crease in meeting in line with the knees or getting below it. Below the power line. Cool. Um, and then. What about in terms of upper body exercises? So you, you mentioned about uh, the shoulders, uh, the arms going above head and expecting the shoulders to be you know, in, tracking in line almost. Um, how would you go about improving that mobility? Okay, so if, it, that's, if they've got their hands forward excessively, yep. then we're looking at, one, I'll start looking at lats first. Yep. Um, so the side back muscle, just for reference, tends to be 
quite a limiting factor when they're going overhead. Mm -hmm. That's wanting to pull down. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to push up. Yeah. It doesn't allow it. Um, you've also got your anterior delts so the front of your shoulder. Yeah. Um, your pec and pec minor. Um, so chest. Um, so we'll look at. Obviously, you can see that a little bit more, and you'll know as well. You can see in the posture if someone's like that. If, if the shoulders are rounded forward. Um, then you can see that their overhead might struggle a little bit. Um, whereas with the lats, you can't you can't see it as much. Yeah. Um, so as long as posture's fine, and that's something that we do in the consultation anyway, so we'll have, we'll have seen the posture, I'll then look at, right, it, are the lats, are the lats tight? Um, and then go through a few mobility drills with the lats. Yeah. Um, and I've put a couple of them on on my Instagram. So okay. if anyone's not sure and if they're thinking that's there, yeah. they can go and check that out. All right, cool. Um, but then, yeah, based on that, what we want to do is get uh, wrists, elbows, and shoulders all in line when we're pressing overhead, um, and then they want to be in line with hips, knees, and ankles. So we're creating a straight line throughout the body. Yeah. Um, so with going back to your, your original question, um, we'll make sure that if we can't hit them points, it'll be then the mobility drills that we'll, that we'll bring in and then we'll retest and then we'll see if they can hit them points, then great. We can, we can start loading it um, and we can start moving on to more complex exercises from there. And then for the average person, how long are we looking in order for them to get their shoulders to a good sort of state of mobility, if you like? This one's a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, you can look at sort of anywhere between four to 12 weeks to get to get the shoulders to yeah. where they should be. Um, obviously with office jobs and sitting down a lot, everything being in front of us. Yeah. Um, a lot of people tend to have them mobility issues anyway um, and posture issues so it's not like we just have to work on the lats going back to what i said if the posture is poor this time we are going to have to loosen off the front so shoulders chest as well yeah cool and then what sort of work do you do around that so do you do like rumble rolling or any sort of smr or is it all mobility based um exercise-based? I've changed, it used to be a lot of like run the roll and SMR. Yeah. Um, but now I like to try and get mobility and movement. Yeah. So um, a good one for, we'll go back to squat, a good one for squat is getting mobility under load. Yeah. Um, that really helps. So while you're under load, if you can force that mobility to get as low as you can, obviously not break, not break it. So you're not curving your back um, to get into that position, but as safe and as low as you can, um, you can you can actually improve your mobility under the load rather than just spending all day stretching. Yeah, um, it's a similar thing. Like if we go back to shoulders as well, um, we can do that under load using the same bar again as what we've used so far, the dead light one standing in front of 
it doesn't work so well on our squat racks but um as long as the squat rack is just straight up yeah um and there's no ridges on it you could stand in in between it and press from there to make sure that everything's in line once you're overhead I'm with it, yeah. and use use the squat rack to not allow that bar to come forward yeah so it forces that mobility overhead so you're like grinding the bar up the rack yes yeah cool um and then what sort of things do you expect to have happened within the 12 weeks and where are you roughly the 12 week mark with the average client so we're looking at um we should have reached certain stages really with what we're doing um everything's very progressive with where we start so master the body weight exercises first move on to the more complicated ones by the 12 weeks we're looking at we should have been able to achieve a back squat yeah which is um for people that aren't aware of what my progression is one of the last squats that I'll I'll get someone to do. Um, I'll get someone to front squat before I get them to back squat. The only one that I wouldn't get to do before back squat would be overhead squat. Yeah. But that's just even more complex again. Would you do a barbell front squat before a back squat? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and the reason, my reason for that is that also stays more upright throughout yeah. the front squat. Mm -hmm. So if we can keep that torso upright in the front squat, and then try and carry it over to the back squat yeah. where we're trying to keep as upright as possible obviously there's going to be more of an angle and your torso isn't going to stay as upright in a back squat because the bar's pushing down on your back um, but if we can try and keep it's it's about that work and the mobility under load again if the hips can achieve it in a front squat where your torso is up further upright they should be able to achieve a similar depth with the back squat as well. Okay, cool. Um, so I'd expect at the 12 week, week mark, someone new yeah. to have managed to get onto the back squat, maybe got a couple of reps. We don't have to be going for like heavy weights or anything, yeah. but show competency on a back squat. Um, we'd expect them to have done a barbell deadlift. Yeah. Um, so that'll be the second part, uh, well, probably third sort of deadlift I'd do, the barbell deadlift, um, a beginner, I'd start on a kettlebell and then once you can see that they're competent doing that exercise, move on to the hex bar, yeah. uh, just because it keeps arms in a neutral position. Yeah and then you're lifting from a slightly higher position as well. Um, and then move on to a barbell deadlift. Um, and in terms of shoulder, in terms of like overhead, so going back to what we've done in the um, first consultation, looking at the assessment, at the 12 week mark, we would be looking at, is everything in line now? Um, and then starting to load it from there. Yeah. Um, but that is based off someone that has come in, can't do any of these things. Yeah, it's obviously going to be person dependent, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. And then, in terms of ongoing, then you know, programming and stuff like that. What sort of things do you look at programming in for somebody who, let's say, wants to look after their movement, improve their performance, 
not necessarily because they play a sport, but because they just want to be able to, you know, when you look at like someone and you think, oh yeah, I want to be able to do that, move like, I don't know, I can't even think of it, but maybe run like a runner, look like a bodybuilder, swim like an Olympic athlete, you know, this, just want to be able to do, be good at everything, be good at performance, what sort of things would you program in? Um, so to be a good athlete, we want to be working on more power exercises as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's quite hard, you gave me quite a lot of uh, yeah, different no. variables there, with like looking like a bodybuilder, <laughs> swimming like a swimmer. Yeah, I mean, um, the sort of thing I mean is like, you know, when you get that all round sort yeah, of you just athlete wanna... that can move well, look, look, look pretty good. Yeah, look athletic, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so that is then, for me, just keeping things varied, but then also periodizing it. Yeah. Um, over, I'll do it in like four week blocks then. Yeah. Um, so depending on what their ultimate goal is, because they'll have one specific goal that they want to achieve. If they want to get stronger, we'll be looking at doing a strength block. Yeah. Um, if they want to look better as well as move, yeah. we'll throw a little bit more conditioning in there. Um, so it, it's very goal dependent on what their main goal is yeah. um, and that, that can change from month to month as well um, what their goal is because they have that they'll, they'll probably have that all round goal of like I want to look good move well uh, and be strong yeah so you'd have a focus for yeah. them that's exactly why uh, listeners you periodize your training and you have mesocycles where you focus on different things throughout the macro cycle, isn't it? Yeah. So it's exactly what Aaron said then, you know, there's never just one goal, but you have got to solely focus on one goal mainly for a set period of time in order to actually progress it. And then maybe back off a little bit and focus on the second most important goal and then go from there, yeah, yeah. perfect. If we, just, if we just try and focus on everything and throw everything into every session that we do, yeah things may go up but yeah. it's going to be very very slow yeah. as they go up whereas if we go right we need to be a little bit stronger in order to let's take it to what i do yeah um in terms of like the crossfit stuff i realized that i have to be a little bit stronger in order to move the weights in a workout better yeah and not feel as battered in in my workouts yeah um so I could have just thought, right, I just need to be fitter, I'm not fit enough at the moment. But it was the fact that the weights were feeling heavy for me, that I was like, I need to get stronger. So I went on a strength cycle for a little bit, got stronger, and then brought the conditioning after that. Yeah. Both have, both, both have gone up now. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's getting that balance as well. That's a big thing. Um, don't just go, right, I'm just going to do strength for 12 weeks, for example. Yeah. And then just have a strength, do no conditioning or anything. Because uh, your conditioning will go right down, strength will go up, but then when you go, come back and do the opposite, go, right, I'm going to condition, I'm going to get my conditioning in now. Your, strength, your conditioning will go up. Yeah. And your strength will come back down. Yeah. So it's getting a good balance, but still working on one specific thing so the main session let's say i've got an hour to train the main part of my session will be 
45 to 50 minutes of strength work. Yeah. Focus on just getting strong. Last 10, 15 minutes will be some conditioning. It won't be 100%, but it'll be sort of that 75 to 90% of conditioning just so I'm thinking over. Yeah. You meet the person where they're at basically. Yeah. Push them where you don't kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's talk about a bit of nutrition, supplements, and lifestyle. Now, I know you keep it very simple, which, in my opinion, is the correct thing to do for the most people. So, in terms of nutrition, what sort of things do you advocate to, you know, these sort of people that we've just spoken about, the people who want to move a little bit better, just be all round. Basically, so we're not looking at fat loss people or weight loss people, we're not looking at muscle building, strength building, we're just looking at wanting to be able to move better, get a little bit stronger, look a little bit better, those average sort of everybody's basically. Yeah. Um, so like you said, yeah, we just keep it simple. Yeah. As simple as possible. Um, they'll have a calorie target yep. based on where they want to be. Yeah. Um, and based on how much they're doing. For example, if they're playing sport we don't want to be in a deficit because no. the performance is going to go down in the sport yeah. um, but then if we do want to look good and like still progress with stuff we could probably get away with a very very slight deficit they'll lose a little bit of body fat it's not going to be dramatic or anything but they'll lose a little bit of body fat without having them the performance being hit massively um, the strength, strength stuff, sort of stuff, and we're looking at just increasing strength. Similar to the deficit, it's going to be a slight surplus. We're not, we're not trying to increase our weight dramatically. Um, we are just focused on strength. We're just trying to fuel ourselves for what we're doing in in the gym. Also, fuel myself for day to day life as well. Yeah, cool. And then, do you normally advocate? like supplements or anything like that? Do you say take this sort of supplement? Or, you know, this isn't people who have say got low iron levels and then, you know, you say take iron. I mean, like just general. Yeah. Um, the only one, if I'm asked about supplements, I won't say, right, you need to go yeah. out and you need to go and buy this supplement. Um, because it's adding something else in that's, that's strange to them. They haven't done it before. Um, but the only one I will say, if I'm asked about it, is creatine. Creatine, um, And then that's just five grams a day, yeah. every day. No need for a loading stage, yeah. and no need to take any time off it either. Cool. And then what about lifestyle? So do you give sleep recommendations? Do you give steps? Do you give extra cardio outside of sessions? Um, what sort of things do you advocate towards a lifestyle? Steps will be on a rest day. So I'll set steps on a rest day just so they're moving. So it's not just like a full rest day and I'm just sat there. Yeah. Because things are just gonna seize up. Um, especially if we've had quite a heavy training week. Uh, you may feel a little bit sore. You yeah. may feel like not really doing anything because it's rest day. But it's just about just getting moving. And so I'll set, I'll set like a step goal for a rest day. Yeah. Um, sleep. Obviously, just want to get what we can. I'm, I'm a parent myself. I know that 
you can't always control how much you sleep. Um, sometimes it is out of your control. Yeah. Um, and then what's it based based how how they feel after after that night of sleep on what their training is, whether it's with me or away from me. Yeah. What we don't want to do is absolutely kill them in the session after they've only had three hours sleep because yeah. they've been up all night. Yeah, I mean, optimal sleep, you're looking at around, some people can get away with six hours, others will be looking at the seven and a half to nine hours. But obviously, yeah, as you say, you know, parents, we're lucky if we get solid sleep. Yeah, so. Cool, um, that's everything. Um, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed a little insight into how Aaron goes about his coaching services. Um, if you are interested in his services, reach out to him. Um, and I'm sure you know we'll try and accommodate you, or if not, try and help you out somehow. Whether it be through an online platform, which you do, don't you, yeah. um, or whether it would just be meeting up, giving you some advice, and then taking it from there. Um, we will be looking at getting more guests on. Uh, I just thought interviewing Aaron today will give you a good insight into how you can move better, and hopefully, you've taken some things that you can implement into your own training, uh, potentially nutrition and lifestyle. Uh, that'll be it for this week so we'll catch up again next week uh, sorry about the racket it's somebody on a treadmill above our heads um, but remember make being progressive a habit